Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to bite our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned into the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a rock spot, and I'm right away, go. We invaded airwaves. Cool! Yes, yes, y'all, welcome to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this, once again, is Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend because we're live on the airways right now and we have a big show for you guys to get to tonight. So, with that being said, I think it's time to give you all a breakdown of what to expect tonight. Coming up at the 845 mark, I got friend of the show. I call him a cool of fame member because he's now made his third appearance on the show. Uh, international pro basketball player, Dane Smith, will be in studio at the 845 mark. Uh, before we get to him, well, not even before we get to him, but when we get to him, we're going to talk about a new book that he released, but then we're also going to dive into the Remy versus Nicki Minaj beef. This is something that I've been waiting to talk about the entire week because it literally popped off last Saturday, so it's been a week so I really want to get it out, get my thoughts out, the whole analysis breakdown, the whole nine. We're going to dedicate the entire Trip Top segment to that because we have to. Like, there's no other alternative to that. Um, but before we get to that, man, we're not even getting to let that ish breathe. We're not doing it today. You know why? Because today is the debut of a new segment that I gave you all the heads up about a week ago. A new segment in which I will be reviewing the latest albums that have come out. And this segment is called... First Friday's Cool Radio Album Reviews. It's the first of the month. Ay, ay, ay. You already know what it is, man. So we're about to get into that. So, first album, first official album that we're going to do for First Fridays. This one I'm really excited to do because I just started listening to it about a week ago. About a week ago. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> nah, the first album that we're going to get into, man, it is an album called The Chief. From Jidenna. Now, in case you guys don't know who Jidenna is, it is a rapper who made the term classic man famous, all right? So if you haven't heard that classic man record, do that right now because that record's bomb. It, it killed the entirety of 2016, man. So you definitely want to make sure you go out and listen to that record. But as far as the album The Chief, man, this album, this is a serious album, man. Like, I really like it. There's some lighthearted moments. There's some serious moments. I think the thing that really does it for me is the sound and the and the production quality. It's a very well thought out methodical album. Um, what I like about this album in particular is its international presence. So Jidenna is um, half American, half Nigerian, basically. So he's Nigerian on his father's side. So his Nigerian heritage really comes out, especially in the skits with his uncle. You really have to listen to those. The man talks in, like, the deep accent and everything. Like, he kind of took me back to my household for a second because y'all know I'm half Ghanaian, half Nigerian representing here. So uh, I definitely had a bit of a connection in that regard when it came to that album. So... Let me give you guys a concise breakdown of all the tracks on the on the record, <clears throat> and then I'll give you my overall grade, you know, as we go along. So, with that being said, um, he starts off the album with the Bull's Tale. The Bull's Tale has his father or his uncle rather speaking to him 
um, and just letting him know about the the uh, peril of coming to America during election season, basically. So he's giving him, you know, his words of wisdom and to let him know that, you know, certain people that you may think you hold dear in your life, they may turn around to stab you in the back one day. So be on the lookout for that. And that's a theme that a lot of that everyone deals with in life at one point or another. So apart from all of that, uh, he's basically he basically has an aggressive tone um, and his content is very concise and it's almost somewhat braggadocious, but it also sends out a warning. It sounds very primal, almost to the tune of no church for, uh, for the wild from Jay Z and Kanye West. It has that same tone to it. And he switches flows in this record about two or three times and he knows exactly what he's doing. He's controlled his master that you can tell it that he has. And you wouldn't expect that type of, rhetoric from the guy who sings classic man you know what i mean so people will automatically assume that he's somewhat of a pretty boy because of that record but when they listen to a record like a bull's tale then they're gonna be like oh hold on pretty boy over here got some bars okay let's listen to what this guy's saying so that was a very strong record very strong way to get the album started so that was that was cool in my books um next up we have chief don't run so Chief Don't Run, I really like because it has an Afrobeat sound to it. It's something that you can dance to, but at the same time, it the content in there is very positive. And he's basically saying that you have to take a stand for whatever you believe in. And it has a very militant vibe to it, especially if you watch the music video. So that's another song that I really gravitated towards. Now, Trampoline, this is where things kind of get a little fun, you know, especially for the ladies. Now, straight up, Trampoline is pretty much a stripper's anthem. Now, I'm not really too big on a stripper's anthem because I find most of them to be very generic and, like, you know exactly what you're going to get out of them. But with this one, this one's very, it's very infectious. The beat is very lush. The vocals are very strong in this one, you know, from Jadena because he has a very strong vocal presence as far as the singing is concerned. And it's all about, you know, empowering women. It's basically letting women know that, hey, you can embrace your sexual side and not be referred to as a whore or a slut. So that's the thing that I appreciate about that record. It's very empowering and just letting women know that, hey, you can embrace your sexual side just like us men do. Like, don't be ashamed to do it. So I can respect that and appreciate that. So good on him for that. Bambi. Um, Bambi is the next record to come up after this, after that song. Bambi is a very classic, classic style of song. Um, it's not your typical romantic song in terms of the sound. It's almost your typical romantic song in terms of the content. Like, you know, I broke up with you for the wrong reasons. I want you back in my life. So he's basically at his knees pleading and begging for his wife to come back into his arms. But he does it in a very classic sense. Like, it kind of reminds me, like, his voice, his vocal tone has a very reggae vibe to it in terms of the raspiness. But then the way he's singing, it's almost, it's very, it's very vintage. Like, it's almost like you're listening to someone of, like, the doo-wop or, like, the old-school R&B era from the 50s or the 60s. So I kind of like that he brought that essence into that record. Um, Helicopters. This record right here, man, this this record, this record blew me away. This is one of my favorite records on the entire album. Helicopters is a trap record, but he didn't do a trap record. Like the beat was trap and the cadence and the flow and the delivery was trap like. But when you're listening to the song, he's talking about how many places in Africa are war torn and he's talking about all the injustices that they that the people have to go through in those times. Especially when you go to the hook, 
he sounds so much like Bob Marley, man. Especially when you hear a Bob Marley record like Redemption or something like that. You hear it in the vocals, man. It's so strong. You can tell this man has done his homework. He knows what he's doing in terms of his vocal pitch, man. It's insane. So that's one of my favorite records right off the bat. And I wish I had the record to play for you guys today, but I don't. But I will play it another time because that record is amazing. It's one of my favorites. Um, Long Live the Chief. Easily the most quote unquote street record of the album has that boom bap sound to it. It gives you like a like a New York vibe, very braggadocious. Um, he kind of talks about um, you know his his uh, culture as far as African culture is concerned and what their street culture is like in comparison to African culture. And one of the things, one of the lines I like in the in the line or in the in the song rather is he says how he doesn't want his best dressed date to be in a casket, which is why he dresses so fresh on a regular basis. So I kind of like that. It's a shot at his record classic, man. And also, if you guys have watched the Luke Cage series, he actually performs that song in one of the episodes. That's how I found about it first. So make sure you go listen to that again if you haven't. Um, two points. I kind of like that record. Um, it's almost like an interlude of sorts. He's basically talking talking about shady friends and how they'll stab you in the back if you're not careful and how they're the quick to apologize about something that you don't even remember of them doing. So it was a nice little interlude. It was a very short track, maybe about a minute and a half, minute 50, somewhere around that. So I consider it an interlude. Now, here's where things kind of fell off the boat for me a little bit. He has a record called The Let Out featuring Nana Kwabena. Hey, Ganyan boy. Hey, Chale. But uh, he has a record called um, um, uh, The Let Out. And it was an okay record, but it didn't really do anything for me. Um, I would have preferred it if that record was left off of the album. Maybe if it was like a bonus track or kind of like a filler before the album comes out. But to me, this was an album filler, in fact. So this is kind of like kind of like your your interlude, your your five-minute break time, whatever the case may be. It's an okay record, but it didn't give me that same feeling as the other songs. And then we go into Safari, which features, once again, Nana Kwabana and also uh, Janelle Monet. Again, this song was just all right. Like, it didn't really have me. It's cool, but... In, in, in comparison to the other records that we heard before, then it was just okay for me. It was a it was a, it was a cool you know uh, romantic record, but I don't know. It didn't really do anything for me personally. Now Adora, that record did something for me. It's a very it has a very timeless and classic sound to it. Again, going back to the theme of classic vintage, he sounded like a Latin singer in, in his vocal tone. And he still had some of the, um, of the, of the reggaeton in his, in his, in his vocals as well. It's very, he has a very vintage style to his singing at times and it meshes well with the sounds that he's singing on. So, you can tell he's a he's a practitioner of different sounds from different eras, and I really appreciate about them because it lets you know that he's a student of the game. Um, now let's go over to a little bit more. Now a little bit more, basically, is somewhat of a romantic record as well, uh, but then it also has that Afro beat sound. This is something that can pop in a club easily. Not only that, but it has a very international sound. So. It kind of reminds you of like Wyclef or Akon or something to that same vein. And then we go into some kind of way. Again, very international sound. Has a little bit of Afrobeat into it. This one in particular reminds me of a song that Kanon would have done or would have jumped onto at least because it has that wide appeal. And in the song, it's basically just telling you that people are going to hate on you no matter what you do or what you say. So it's basically telling you to embrace who you are because 
only you will appreciate who you are, but others will as well as long as you live your truth. That's what I got from it, and that's why I love that record. Now, this record right here, White Nigga, this is probably the most prolific record on the album. He's basically talking about white people going through the injustices that black people go through. So if the script was flipped and white people were going through these injustices, then he's basically talking about the scenarios that they would have been in. He's talking about how little boys are uh, getting arrested by cops while they're playing uh, lacrosse on their street corner, you know, rather than black kids playing basketball on their street corner, right? Kind of flipping it in that regard. He's basically eliminating the whole white privilege uh, aspect of reality and basically putting white people in a predicament where if they were tortured just like black people are tortured in America by par- the powers that be on a regular basis then this is how it would turn out so it's a very cool ironic twist on how reality is for people in America so that's a another good record to listen to my, one of my favorites and also the most prolific record on there overall and then it closes out with Bully of the Earth, basically talking about white male patriarchy and how it's ruled the earth for centuries upon centuries. But the twist to it is that halfway through the song, he basically says, if I take all that away from you, then you're nothing but a man. You're the same type of you know, human being that I am who bleeds, who tears, who sweats. So if I take that power away from you, then what are you? What are you to me in that in, in that aspect? So I really like that he brought that aspect to that song because he's letting you know that once you take the power away from somebody, then you are now on equal ground with them. So they can't do anything to harm you. And I and I also feel like it was like a somewhat of a tongue-in-cheek subliminal shot at Donald Trump. That's what I felt like. But anyways, overall album was solid solid album solid listen tons of replay value now what rating do i give it the rating i'm gonna give it first of all let me tell you about the rating system i haven't even told you guys about the rating system so i have five ratings um for first friday cool album reviews so if i really like it it's a classic album this is gonna last for years upon years to come i'm giving it that diamond rating if it's a solid overall album very strong very minor weak points to it I'm giving platinum. If it's just a pretty good album, some potential for that artist, so to speak, going forward, uh, some a good couple songs here and there, I'm going to give it gold. If it was just okay, maybe I can give it like one listen, but then kind of discard it after a while, maybe revisit it if I wanted to. I'll give it a silver. And if it's just an absolute dud, don't want to listen to it again at all, waste of my one hour and some odd minutes, then I'm giving it a wood. This album right here, the Chief from Jadena, it's getting a platinum, straight up. I'm giving that a platinum rating right there. So what do you guys think? Have you listened to the Jadena, The Chief album? If not, please listen to it. If you have, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at GM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts. And this has been your edition of follow, sorry, <laughs> your edition of First Friday's Cool Album Reviews. Coming up after the commercial break, man, I got my special guest, Dane Smith, in the building. We're going to talk about hoops. We're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about so much more, including the Remy versus Nikki beef. But before we get to that, man, we got to get to Jenna because I just finished reviewing his album. And this record is called Chief Don't Run. Shout out to all my Ghanaian people. Shout out to all my Niger. Hey, hey, hey. And we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. 
Welcome back to the show, my cool cats and cool kittens. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Now, as promised, we have our special guest for tonight's festivities. So this gentleman is no stranger to Cool Radio. He's even been around since we were over at CFRE and was around last year as our first guest when we moved into our new home at Maxima FM. Uh, this guy is an international basketball player. He's played South America. He's played in Europe. Uh, this guy's also a model. He's uh, been doing some commercial such as Weed and North and also Axe as well. And now we can also add author to his list of accomplishments. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about my man, the uh, leader of the Varna Boys. I'm talking about my man, <laughs> Dane Smith. Dane, welcome back to the show, actually. Welcome back. Oh, man, thank you for having me every time, every time. Of course, man. We got to keep it real funky around here, man. So let's get right into it. Um <laughs> A, a lo- a, what a year a difference makes, eh? It's, it's been a year since, or close to a year, rather, since uh, the last time you, you set foot in our studios. So what have you been up to uh, during that time span? <sighs> Man, a lot. Uh-huh. A lot, a lot. Um, new, a lot of new opportunity in Toronto. Um, this year I took a step, uh, you know, staying here a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, just meeting new people of the city and, you know, getting my hands on everything while I'm here. So, you know. Absolutely. You know. Most definitely. And also, I see that you brought your, your new book uh, into <laughs> right now. So tell us how, or first of all, tell us the, the title of the, of the book, and then tell us how it came about. Okay. Um, so my, my new book, man, uh, it's called Everything <laughs> Being Said With No Words, mm-hmm. Memoir of a True Canadian Great, and it's book number seven. So Number seven on, on, the, uh, on the charts right yeah, now? Yeah, it's, no, it's no, yeah, number seven, number seven right now. Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> Most definitely. So, yeah, um, basically how I came about with that was, uh, you know, um my agent, my management, they did a great job in getting me in uh, a book situation where mm-hmm. I was allowed to express my, able to express myself. You know, I, I don't sing, I don't rap, so I can't, yeah. I can't, you know, I don't, I can't drop a mixtape album. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was just, you know, um, they ended up uh, getting a really book, good book deal where it's a set, it's a 12 book memoir, you know, it's different from your average novel, mm-hmm. 12 book memoir, uh, starts at seven, we'll go all the way to seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. And then later on, it'll start back from one and go all the way to six, and then that'll conclude it. Just okay. strictly twelve sections. Okay, so it's almost like in in that type of sequence, it's almost like the Star Wars uh, sagas, right? So hey, like episode <laughs> four, five, six, and then we went to one, two, three. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's good, man. It's gonna be good. It's good. Most definitely. So, what kind of themes do you, do you tackle in this novel, actually? Well, the first, uh, the first one, um, like when I had given them so much body work, they mm-hmm. were like, man, like we can like divide this up into like small segments, mm-hmm. and so you know how. It everything was with social media and all that you know uh uh you know they wanted to tell a digital story on my first one book seven so they took uh so we took since like when we met uh, nba celebrity all-star weekend yeah it's been like a timeline like introduction and you know we wanted the book to stay true to his title with everything being said with no words so we have like mostly a lot of you know uh, uh pictures and um content you know dedication to people that helped me through, along the way through this uh, whole entire project and so you know, it's just it's just basically introductory, but you know, uh, book book eight is, is gonna you know tell the story more, and uh, it's gonna stay true to it. Like again, like if you want to hear the true story of like you know the whole entire my journey, mm-hmm. you know, one two three will be the best you know part to tell that side. Mm-hmm. But as people start to gravitate <laughs> towards the story and you know figure it out, you know, it'll, it'll be a little you know a nice little ship. It's not t- Titanic though, but yeah yeah yeah, nice <laughs> we're staying afloat. We're staying afloat. Yeah, trying to man, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. With each with each uh, volume, so volume seven, volume eight, so on and so forth. Do they get released on like a monthly period or like a bi-weekly period? Like what, what's it looking like? Yeah, so um, you know, 
I want to keep it into tied in strongly through Black History. Yeah. And so I almost forgot to even say that. Um, so the book was done probably I'd say November. Mm-hmm. Finished, published. You know, we we had got all the rights and all that, so it was finished. And uh, you know, the marketing team wanted to figure out how we're gonna like put it out mm-hmm. so that every year it's an ongoing thing versus just being um, a one time thing. Mm-hmm. And so I automatically I said I wanted to tie it in to uh, Black History Month. And have it being an ongoing thing, even after like the twelve book memoir is finished. So, mm-hmm. you know, our, our hit points is always Black History. You know, I'll, I'll always go into schools. You know, do a book signing, speak to the youth, mm-hmm. talk to uh, other uh, young athletes uh, that want to pursue an athletic career after college, after high school. I mean, mm-hmm. and so basically, I wanted to tackle it. Black History Month. You know, Christmas is is fun. You know, uh, Easter and all that. But I can't. I feel like you know, it, a, a male like myself. You know, other guys are coming back. You know, all, you know, all my African brothers out there. You hey, 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 chale, chale. <laughs> hey, we are here. We are here. Yeah, they're all, everyone's doing their thing, man. You know, it, it's it, life goes in a circle, so you know, it only makes sense to, you know, bring our circle back to Black History Month. And mm-hmm. and you know, I got, got you know stuff with Halifax too that I got mm-hmm. working up because you know, of course, you know, if you know Black History, um, the Underground Railroad led to uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. Montreal and Halifax, and Halifax being number one, where Harry and Tubman send their people. So that yeah, I think, know. think it's very important. You know, we got mm-hmm. that new five dollar. You know, my my old girl. You know. Yeah, so. yeah, you already know, of course. <laughs> Shouts to America for that one. Um, so yeah, that was actually going to lead into my next question about like the central themes of the book. Uh, but what's one of the themes in your novel that you are most excited to be told? Uh, I'm most excited. There's like so much. Oh man, there's so much parts in that. Um, <laughs> every each part. Ha- let me hold on. Let me. Uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta crack it open yeah, real let me quick. Crack it open. <laughs> I say, um, because there's so much goodness that needs to be discussed. That's why. <laughs> I, yeah, there's so like the other day I had a kid even ask me, um, you know, uh, can I ask you a question like straight up? I was like, yeah, sure, shoot. Mm-hmm. It's online. He asked me, have you ever been cut before from a team? And uh, you know, that, for for him to ask me that, I'm like, wow, that, that's in my book. Like, mm-hmm. so uh, after he, he shared that with me, I'd say, uh, you know, that part. Um, another part would be uh, sharing, you know, a good time in my life with the Beals family, Halifax. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're never too old to learn, you know, new stuff. And I had opportunities to stay with the Beals family from Halifax, and they showed me a lot of love, and you know, showed me how to be stern, you know, while you know in a relationship and all that, mm-hmm. you know. And then the last part is I definitely want to forever share All Star NBA All Star Weekend with yes. a- anybody, you know, everybody. Um, that was a great time. I'm, you know, I a homegrown guy. I got a chance to play in the game, mm-hmm. and I I brought like a, a like four busload to watch the game for free. Also, so I always yeah. think that I always gotta tell that story. Thanks for the ticket, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that game was crazy though. That game was crazy. Mm-hmm, yeah. Shout out to Shania as well. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, you mentioned All Star Weekend, man. So let's get into NBA talk action. Let's talk about a couple of All Stars who are going to be out of action for the next four to five weeks, roughly. So first and foremost, we got to mention Kyle Lowry in that vein. First of all, shout out to my Toronto Raptors. Last I checked, it was sixty-two fifty-three at halftime against the Wizards. I really hope they take it against them tonight because we got to get that uh, tiebreaker advantage over them so we can get that third spot at the very least. But nonetheless, I digress. Um, so. We found out that Kyle Lowry had to get surgery in his right wrist to remove uh, loose bodies is what what they're describing it as. Um, And he's going to be out for the next four to five weeks. So if he does follow that timeline, he'll be back within probably the first week of April, which will give him about two or three games to play before postseason. Um, 
what does that mean for the Raptors right now? Do you think they still have a chance of getting that third or even second seed with him out of there, him being arguably their best player? Uh, I honestly definitely think that the Raptors, you know, um, him being out is, is obviously, you know, he, he does a lot for the Raptors on, in terms of the scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I feel like the Raptors is a good franchise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's you know, it's it's opportunity, you know, Guys like Corey, you know, definitely, you know, he's going to take most of the load of the point guard's position. Mm-hmm. But, again, Corey had a lot of practice in early years with um, Tony Parker. So, you know, uh, you know, it, sh- it should be good. You know, other guys get a chance to step up. We had some new trades. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I-, I wish the best for Kyle Lowry here up and get back, you know, have a smooth and uh, healthy you know, recovery because, mm-hmm. you know, that's an all-star, right? So, you know, no one ever wants to see their all-star go down like any time. So. Yeah, especially like that's your best player. Like to me, he's kind of like the Chris Paul, the Raptors, in, in the sense of he's like their nucleus. He's kind of like the, the head of the monster, basically. And without him orchestrating the offense, it looks a little choppy at times. Um, with that injury, though, do you think, and with this being a contract year for him in particular, do you think that kind of hurts his stock in free agency a little bit? Um, I don't yeah. – it might, it might a little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't think like at this point, you know, with basketball, the way he's played at the pros, and you know, this is a, a pro answer versus a player just watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're as good as your last game, and so you know, for this situation, uh, for me, anyways, for the with the Raptors in regards to the Raptors, mm-hmm. I would say the playoffs and and playoffs. You know, Kyle and Demar, they play huge, mm-hmm. and so at this point in the season, you know, um, you know, guys will get a lot of minutes, guys will play, guys will rest. And you know, um, when the playoffs comes, that's going to be a whole different ball game. I mm-hmm. think Kyle's definitely done his thing, and uh, DeRozan, and you know, it, it's good. Like it's good. We got All Stars. Mm-hmm. It's just gearing up towards the playoff because you know, playoff. That's when you know. The, that's when it really counts. We come out and bite. That's when we do. What we do absolutely. Now let's switch gears over to the Western Conference with Kevin Durant. Now yeah. he hyperextended his knee not too long after Kyle Lowry was sent on the shelf for a bit, yeah. and basically um, he's going to be out for the next four to five weeks as well. And a lot of people are now speculating as to whether or not they can. Uh, contend against the Cavaliers uh, as champions. Many people are even questioning if they'll even get out of the Western Conference now that this injury has taken place. So what's your take on the KD situation? Uh, KD, KD just, you know, uh, he has to get healthy, just like uh, Kyle. You know, guys are going to – it's a long season, and, uh, you know, something sometimes, like, your body just kind of gives out. It needs a break, but these guys play a long, long season, and I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, KD being out, I don't think nothing's going to happen with the Golden State because before he was there, mm-hmm. I mean, history – History says tells the tale. Mm-hmm. Golden State was good, so mm-hmm. um, we just gotta hope for the best for uh, for Kevin Durant mm-hmm. get healthy. And when he gets back, I guess you know how it is when you stop playing for a little while. I think he might be out for what four, three to four weeks or something. I heard four to five weeks. That's four what I've five. been hearing. Yeah. Okay, so then you know it's gonna take time for him to catch his wind and you know get his rhythm back. But mm-hmm. again, it's all about the playoffs. As long as those guys can, you know. Uh, come strong for the playoff that mm-hmm. that's you know that's what's going to tell the tale absolutely and a lot of people are worried about the Warriors in particular because of the fact that they invested a lot in KD over the offseason because of the fact that they had to let go so much of their depth just to bring him on to like fit within the cap salary basically so yeah. with him gone your leading scorer is now gone which you can also replenish but then your your defense or most of your defense, rather, like the shot blocking within the paint is gone as well. So I think that's what has a lot of people worried. Um, they did recently get Matt Barnes, so he yeah. should add a little bit of defense on the perimeter as well. Uh, but do you see them um, making it to the finals, um, even like when KD comes back and gets his reps and everything? 
Because San Antonio, like that's like that's like the dark horse right there. Like you never want to count them out, right? I've been knowing since high school. Yeah, you're not lying about that. Um. Yo, I totally forgot about the Spurs, man. They're so quiet and sneaky. Right? And see, that's why everyone always underestimates them because we never even think about We think about, we're thinking about the Rockets before we hear that we're thinking about the Spurs. Maybe, maybe it's their jersey color. You know, when you think like mm. red or something, like, yeah, it's more like fire truck. Yeah. But I don't know. It could be the jersey, but definitely, um, I don't know. The Warriors, it's, it's always tight with that conference, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So competitive. So much more competitive. Very, very good. So it's like, it's like top three easily, you know, the way Harden is playing and. You know, K, K, I, you know, they spent a lot of money this year to get him. Uh, last year, you know, the hump was to get over LeBron in the finals, and you know, it wasn't. It was pretty obvious why the trade happened in mm-hmm. the first place for KD to match up with LeBron come the playoff time. Mm-hmm. The regular season is great, mm-hmm. but it's it's comes time for the playoffs. So you know, just he just gotta get back and get into rhythm, and you know, you know, rock it up. <laughs> exactly. Now speaking of KD and and LeBron and all these guys. The MVP race this year is tight. It's one of the tightest races that we've seen in quite some time. Yeah. At first, we we're all thinking Russell Russell Westbrook's going to run away with it because he's getting triple doubles out of his ass, basically. But then James Harden, you know, being switched to the point guard role, has turned around Houston, making them like a like a top contender, making guys around him better, being a playmaker, and of course LeBron James, you know, is basically being the nucleus of every team that he's been on, especially with the Cavs this year. Um, between those three, because they seem like the three front runners for that posi- uh, for the award, who do you think is getting the MVP by, uh, I guess, what, uh, playoff time? Because I guess that's when they do the regular season awards. But, yeah, who do you think is running away with the MVP? Uh, you know, first and foremost, I want to let everyone know listening to the radio station, Uh-oh. I am not a, you know, a commentator. It's not what I do every day. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'll, give my, I'll give my two cents. The disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I honestly going to have to say, go my boy Antwi, uh, you know, uh, that you know reps J- James Harden. I'm gonna have to go James Harden. Okay, what he's doing? Yeah, you know he's winning a lot of games, and you know uh, he's been in this, this position before. But yo, I thought uh, Russell was doing dirt like he was killing guys mm-hmm. in the beginning of the season, making a statement. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm seeing what um, Harden is doing at a night in, night out. Like mm-hmm. his home games, he's destroying. Like he's just when his home time, home game, he's just doing what he does. So mm-hmm. I honestly think. James Harden will get the MVP just because how much work he put in. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I wouldn't count Russell Westbrook out either because he put it, he's put, he made an AI statement this year. Mm-hmm. Starting up the whole year, like, yo, this is my mission. Like, and yeah. even, I, I think I heard even Jordan say something about um, if a player had to remind him of himself, he said Russell. Mm-hmm. And when MJ talks, you know, you got to kind of. Yeah, you got to <laughs> listen. When he talks, you got to listen. <laughs> so, Except when it's about politics. Don't listen to him about that. Thing. <laughs> Maybe politics, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'm, I'm with you, man. I got to go with Harden because at first I was thinking Russ like, earlier on in the season. But to see what James Harden is doing to reinvent, reinvent himself as a playmaker because he kind of was a playmaker when he was in OKC. Yeah. He just didn't get the chance to show it because he was coming off the bench. But to for him to do what he's doing right now and you compare it to what happened – to that debacle of a season last year, yeah. it's almost like night and day. Like, this is his comeback story. And the fact that he's making guys like Trevor Ariza relevant again, Ryan Anderson relevant again, yeah. Eric Gordon relevant again. Like, these guys, not to say that there are nobodies, but, like, they were just above average or they are having injury issues, basically. Yo, honestly, the management, like, I was watching them, like, the recap, I think, today. Mm-hmm. Yo, the the way the management, like, is, is dealing with that team. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Like, you got... The whole, all the pieces, guys, like, can play. Like, you got guys that can play. You got Lou Will. Like, yeah, and I Lou forgot Will. about that. 
Like on. as if they didn't already have enough firepower. It's he's just com- he's coming off the bench. Like he's coming off the bench doing what he does in LA Raptors. And then you got Eric Gordon, like he's a set shooter. He mm-hmm. hits every shot. Uh you got the bigs very, very, very active, you know. Yeah. Like and Harden all Harden has to do is bring the ball and just play. Like he does not like he has to like, oh I gotta get into yeah. the like he just play makes. And like, his stat line's crazy. He's averaging about twenty eight points a game, twelve assists and eight rebounds, which is close to a triple double. So you know? I think based on what he's doing, like I know the the standard criteria is the best team or the best player on the best team rather, or like a top three team at the very least. Yeah. But I've kind of gone against it over the years. I feel like it should be it should go to the most valuable player on the team. But I feel like Harden is making this case as the most valuable player on that team because without his playmaking ability at the point guard spot, this team would probably be like at the, at the at the lower half of the rankings basically. And with all due respect to 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 Russell Westbrook, like he's doing big things right now. Like yeah. no one's averaged a triple double in fifty years. But yeah. if I really have to be objective about this, I got to give it to Harden. But I will say this though, if Westbrook wins it over Harden. I'm not mad at that because yeah, yeah. you're getting a triple double. Like you, can't, you, can't. you, you, you have that. You, you eat that pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yo, Russ. Like, like, come on, man. Like, he's very like he's making a force. Like, he's making a statement. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm saying Harden is might be the pick. You know, because you know, like a lot of stuff factor into the decision. Yeah, but definitely, like yo, like Russell Westbrook, he mm-hmm. be killing. Like, so like. I'm not like if, if it's it's gonna be neck and neck, man. It's gonna be real close. So if it, I, I it's gonna be them two. Like I know everyone's health is having a great season. Braun, mm-hmm. everyone's doing their thing. Like, but numbers wise, and like again, I'm not a commentator like like mm-hmm. that. But it's Russell or Harden right now. Harden is the, he's his campaign is going like you know because wins and losses count too, right? Of course. And so the way how you're blowing out a team and you know the way you're you're, you're playing style like that counts too. Mm-hmm. So. You know, if, if guys finish out, like, you know, the rest of the season for f- the 500 mark, you know, I can see he, uh, Houston guard uh, James Harden winning it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, let's say at home, what do y'all think? Who's winning the MVP award? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Now we're going to kick it out to our games portion, man. You already know how we do with this segment <laughs> right here. So the first game I got on deck is entitled Cool or Uncool. And we're about to drop it down like this. Yeah. So that track in the background playing, you know, it's a little old school joint. You already know. Cool. Uh, what's it called? Cool like that, basically. Yeah, from Digwell Plants back in 1995. Now, if you guys are new to the segment, for the guest in question, we are going to give him, which is Dane Smith in this scenario, uh, a bunch of scenarios. And we're going to find out from him if they're cool or uncool. So, Mr. Smith, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's, let's do this. So, first segment, or sorry, first uh, scenario. This recent bipolar weather we've been having, it was 15 one day, now it's like negative eight today. So for you, is that cool or uncool? Uh, uncool. Most definitely. It's cool literally, but it's uncool all around. <laughs> now, let's get into some movies, actually, because it's been a big week for, for movies. It'll be a big month for movies as well. Um, Moonlight winning the best film at the Oscars last weekend. Cool or uncool? Uh, cool. You know what was funny about that? Just the entire the entire scenario. Um, I don't know if, if you saw the clip of it or if you watched it. But basically, they read the wrong card, and they said La La Land won, but then the people who are running the Oscars, they came up on stage while every actor from that other movie was on stage. Like, no, guys, sorry, we made a mistake. Moonlight won. No, no, really, Moonlight won. They showed the card or whatever, yeah. and all the actors in Moonlight were like, what? We won? Yo, we won, we won. <laughs> they all, all rush the shade, all the stage and everything. You see like, all these black people coming to the stage. I was like, yes, we got one. We got one. <laughs> <laughs> that was dope, though. But let's keep it moving, though. Um, let's see here. Ooh, 
the film Logan now in theaters. Cool oh, or uncool? Uh oh, you struggling with it? I want to say it's cool, uh-huh. but like it's not cool if this is the end of the uh, the Logan the Wolverine. Oh, uh, okay, okay, fair enough. I'm fair enough. Say that. I'll say this, man. I saw it with my brethren yesterday because they're showing. It, it's out. It's out now. Yeah. Yo, the Nika. Yeah, <laughs> that's calling out his wife on the air right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> but yo, they were showing it like tonight was your tonight's the official release date of it. Mm-hmm. But they showed it in select theaters uh, last night. Got to see so, it. Okay. so my boy hooked up the tickets or whatever. So it was me and two of my brethren. Shout out to my boy Drew Breezy. Shout out to my boy Jay Kareem. But we saw it, dude. If they if they, if if, it, if it's ending like this, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fi- Guy, it took them eight years to get a Wolverine movie right, and they got it right with this one. Okay. They okay. got it right. You co-signed. I'm going to watch Oh, it. man. Yo, they had me gripping my chair like, oh, shoot. They, they did that? Okay. <laughs> like, I don't want to spoil it, but when you watch it, your mind's going to be blown. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is arguably the best X-Men movie overall that I've ever seen. Oh, arguably. It's in my top three. Okay. okay. It's this. No, no particular order. It's this. X2 United from like way back in 03. Yeah. And then X-Men First Class is in there as okay, well. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was about to say. So let's keep it moving though. Um, ooh, Power Rangers coming out later this month. Cool on cool. Yo. Cool times a thousand. Right? Cool Have you seen time. the trailers? Yo, like I seen it like maybe two two like I seen last year the trailer and I was like, yo, yeah. I, I I I got instant goosebumps. I watched it again. Yeah. Went online, looked for another trailer. Yeah. Yo, like I'm game, like let's do it. Like Power yeah. Rangers, the original names, you know, the powers. I wanna hear this new story time. Man. Exactly. Cool. cool. I wanna hear it's morphing time. I just wanna if I hear that, I'm good. <laughs> you know what I mean? What I like about this movie coming out though, I just like the CG in it because now we've we've advanced with CG now in twenty seventeen. Yeah. And if you remember the old Power Rangers movie from like 1995. It was still good though. Yeah. It was still a good movie. The CG in it, like if you watch it now, like it's so bootleg. You know what I mean? So the fact that we have like this advanced technology now mm-hmm. and we get to see the Megazords join up, or whatever, in like a much more modern version. Yeah, I'm ready for it, man. Like I'm ready for it. Shoot, they got they got uh the uh, villains Goldar. Yeah, they got Goldar Scarpino, and their reader so Repulsa. She looks pretty badass in it. So that's that's cool. Cool. I'm, I'm cool. cool with the two, cool. man. Um, ooh, new trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. Cool or uncool? Uh, I haven't seen it yet, seen but it, okay. because I know the franchise, yeah, it's funny, hilarious. I'm gonna say cool. All right, I'm going with cool as well, man. You can't get wrong with that. And one more, real quick. Uh, Iron Fist coming out on Netflix later this month. Cool or uncool? Uncool. Really? Uncool. Really? Why? <laughs> Why? Honestly, like, what? Everybody's different. And it's, that's not my cup of tea. Really? You, so what, what, what don't you like about Iron Fist? Well, you don't like Kung Fu or like that? Uh, yeah, it's, not, it's not my guy. You know, Jackie Chan, uh, Jet Li, and, you know, but I, I dig it, but yeah. I'm going to have to go cool. Oh, I'm cool. I'm cool. man. Ooh. <laughs> what, what's your take on it? What's your take on it? Listen, like, I'm a fan of like Mar- of the Marvel product, basically. Ever since they, they launched their whole MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, I've been a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, their little Marvel Netflix universe, I've been a fan of it as well. Two seasons of Daredevil, loved it. Jessica Jones wasn't my cup of tea, but I respected it, though. I respect the storytelling uh, and everything. Yeah. Luke Cage, that was my ish right there. Like That's my <laughs> dude right there. Like That was definitely cool. And this guy, Iron Fist, he's supposed to be the fourth member of their little mini Avengers crew. Yeah. So... I'm excited for it. Like I've never been like a huge Iron Fist fan because like he's someone I only heard about like a year ago. Mm-hmm. But because it involves like martial arts action and all that stuff, like I mean, I'm I'm already hooked. I I mean I could be sold on it, but as of right now I'm gonna say uncool. If it was a guy like um, Silver Surfer, get their own story. I know it's not the you know those type of guys. Yeah. But you got to sell his story to me. Like Luke Cage, we he sold he only took one episode for him to be sold. But yeah, Iron Fist. 
my kung fu guy is Black Panther. If you're gonna do that, oh yeah, yeah of course, of if course. Gonna do, if of you're course. gonna do that, my kung fu guy, Black Panther. Of course, yo, it's Black Panther. He's African, yo. Yeah, we are coming, yo. we are coming. Hey, <laughs> hey, right, hey, Thanos, hey, I will beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I'm definitely game for that now. We got to get into I'd Quit the Game. You already know how this works, man. So I'm going to play that job just like this. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. Now, in an alternate universe, you're wheeling, dealing, kiss, stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, there comes a point in everyone's life where they got to quit the game, so they got to settle down, have the kids with the white picket fence, all that good stuff. So in this alternate universe that does not exist and has no ties to reality whatsoever... If you had to choose to quit the game for one of these two ladies, who would you quit the game for? Now, since we're running with our Remy Ma versus Nikki Beef, those will be the two ladies you have to choose between. So if you had to choose between Remy Ma or Nikki Minaj to quit the game for, which one would it be? But uh, which game are we quitting here? Like We're, we're quitting the dating game in this alternate oh, universe. Okay, okay. Alternate universe that does not exist. Uh, man. I'd say um, Nikki Minaj, like. Nicki Minaj? Nicki Minaj. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Fair enough. So, on that note, <laughs> we're going to a commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, we do have our uh, topic of the day, which is, in fact, the Nicki Minaj versus Remy Ma beef. So, we are going to go to my man, Rochester, a.k.a. Juice. And this is one that is entitled Wounded Lips. And it sounds like Nicki Minaj had some wounded lips after that ass whooping that she caught from Remy Ma. So, keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop Like us on Facebook Yes y'all yes well welcome back All my cool cats and cool kittens Once again it is your man DM Cool And this is Cool Radio I still got my man Mr. Dane Smith in the building Say what's up to the people What up what up 7 days VB Varner Boys mm-hmm, You already know shout out to Top 5 Top 5 Top 5 Top 5 uh, <laughs> And we are getting into the segment that you guys have been waiting for This is Trip Talk However this is a special edition of Trip Talk because for a week now, the whole Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma situation has been bubbling over. A lot of people in hip-hop are talking about it, and we all love a good rap battle, a nice verbal uh, verbal fisticuffs, if you will. And because this happened literally like a day after we normally air Cool Radio, which was last week, which we weren't even on the air for anyway— we're going to talk all about it in depth right now. I'm going to give you guys a breakdown as to how it all started in case you guys are unfamiliar as to the origins of it. And then I'm going to get my man, Dane Smith, to chime in on it. We're going to go back and forth, and we want to know what y'all think. So, with that being said, uh, here we go. So, this all started way back when, I would say 2007. It allegedly started with a freestyle that Nicki Minaj did uh, entitled Dirty Money. And she did the freestyle over the Terror Squad record, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Now, Terror Squad, as we all know, is the crew that Remy rules with or and how she really found her first major taste of success in hip-hop. Now, she said in the following lyrics, and I quote, Tell that bitch with the crown to run it like Chris Brown. She won three rounds. I'm going to need 100 thou. Oh, y'all ain't know? Bet y'all bitches know now. So this is what Nikki said in regards, or allegedly said in regards to Remy Ma. Now, she's basically referring to the legendary battle that she had with a female MC by the name of Lady Luck 
I think it was a Fight Club. They had that battle around 04, 05. And this is, mind you, when Remy was hot, like in the mainstream. And very rarely do rappers who are in the mainstream take battles with like street rappers, whatever, because they're afraid it may damage their credibility if they lose. But Remy was confident as hell and she won that battle. So everyone was like, oh, shoot, Remy's nice, man. She, she can do a hit record and she can battle these, these, these women or whatever. So everyone's thinking, okay, Nikki's taking shots at Remy. It's, it's obvious. So... Um, Remy confronted Nikki about that later on that year at a release party of some sort, and she asked her if that line was for her, and obviously I'm sure Nikki must have said no, it wasn't for her, so they were cool at that point, basically. Now, a lot of people have to keep in mind that when Remy went to jail, it was around the same time that Nikki started to blow up, like she was on the rise at that time, but before then she was kind of on the come up while Remy was kind of doing her thing. So who knows if she had, if she would have had that crown had Remy not go to jail. But I'm sure we'll dive into that later on in the conversation. Now, keeping forward with the timeline, uh, last year, uh, she wrote, uh, I think, what was it, Nikki re- released a record entitled Money Showers, and she said the following, Bitch claiming she queen. What? Not Harley. Who the F gave you your crown, bitch? Steve Harvey. So, Remy puts out a track in uh, late December and basically puts out a freestyle mentioning about how how certain rappers have fake breasts and they have ghost writers. And then to add the insult to injury, she poses up with Nikki's ex-boyfriend and also ex-collaborator, Safari Samuels. So now everyone are put, are put, everyone's putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Like, oh, something's about to brew. Something's happening. And then later on, uh, Nikki... And this is about a month ago, or actually, uh, yeah, a month ago, back in February, Nikki responds subliminally, or allegedly subliminally, on the Jason Derulo record, uh, Swalla. And she basically said the following lines. I gave these bitches two years, now your time's up. Bless her heart, she throws shots, but every, every line sucks. And then she doubled down on that with the record that she did on Gucci Mane's uh, track, Make Love, where she said... Oh, oh, you the queen of this here? One platinum plaque, album flop, bitch wear. So basically she's talking about the platinum plaque that she received for Lean Back. Mm-hmm. But then she's also talking about the, the poor album sales that she uh, suffered with Fat Joe when they released their, their dual album together. <laughs> so everyone now knows that, they're talking, that she's talking about uh, Remy. And then as we all know, Remy went in with one of the most scathing diss tracks we've heard in quite some time, entitled Sheether, which is a play on words to Nas's classic Jay-Z diss back in 2001, which was entitled Ether. So, that brings us back to today. She's released the record, a seven-minute track. She's had bars for bars for bars. She went in on her relationship with Safari, her relationship with Meek Mill, her implants and how they just starting to deteriorate, how she has a ghostwriter. So many things. We've all heard the record. Mr. Smith, <laughs> what is your take on this entire uh, verbal ordeal between the two ladies? Yo, honestly, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's different. It's different. You don't uh, see two people go at it like that and, um, you know, and, and people not take notice. Uh, definitely Remy's throwing her shots. Uh, Nikki's, you know, obviously there's no... We all know she hears it. I mean, I'm talking. As, I, I'm just. I, it's good sport, mm-hmm. you know. Both of them from New York or from 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 uh, that area. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, if you know New York people, man, they're good for talking shit. So. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> excuse my excuse my content, but I I play with a lot of New York guys, and they all, they talk a lot of cash. Yeah. So 
if if Nicki's gonna brush this situation, fine. But yo, mm-hmm. real talk, Rem, Remy ripped the track. Like she she yeah. killed every bar. Went for seven minutes. She had puns after puns. Like she she did her thing. But I'm not surprised though, cause mm-hmm. yo, if, if that if Pat Poos is your man. And when Pat Poops came in the game, like he he was killed. Like he was Pat killing Poops, it. He was the only man that was like ripping it. And Alphabetical again, slaughter. That was a classic freestyle. Feel me? So it, it, I, I don't doubt that. You think Remy and uh, Pat Poops not in the booth? Like they don't go ha- like ham on like a, a random night or whatnot? Yo, they're spar- yo they they rap against each other as a form of foreplay. Probably yeah. that's how ill they are together. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they, that's how they flow. And so Nikki, she just she just has to probably swallow that or come back with Drista. If she doesn't, we get it. You know. She she not with that 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 type of genre of just like go back at it back and forth, but yeah. I'm pretty sure like Remy like went straight like when she went for the, the obviously the Drizzy this for me yeah you know that like that shows respect to like yo if I want to kill someone and mm-hmm. like just let him know I'm yeah. gonna go for that beat mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what she was intended like look I'm gonna go for that type of beat you know mm-hmm. what it is when someone goes in that beat there's no comeback. Mm-hmm. And you know she she ripped it, and then you know it's up to Nick if she wants to respond or not. But mm-hmm. no, Remy's getting her point across for sure. Like it, it's top of conversation right now in Toronto, Canada. Exactly, and I feel like Nikki has to respond to this because you put so much effort and time in taking shots at Remy from <laughs> 2007, allegedly. Now you have the crown supposedly, and you've been taking shots at her in the last two singles that have been released from you and whomever. So if you're going to take your time to release these subliminals, then you may as well take the time to craft a record to go at Remy. Now, the only disadvantage that Nikki has is that what is she going to say to Remy that we don't already know about? Like, unless if you have some information on the inside, then what are you going to say to her? And maybe she's thinking about that right now. But I feel like even though she's in this little pop pedestal right now, that shouldn't stop you from making a diss record. Because look at Drake. He's arguably the biggest star in the world, yet he made back-to-back Arguably, maybe like a classic disc record if we look back at it five years from now. He didn't have to say Meek's name, but we already know who he was addressing, basically. <laughs> and so he took the time to step out of his pop bubble and, you know, made it street. So I feel like with Nikki, if she wants to brush it off, whatever, it would be a shame if she does, especially if she wants to claim up and down for the umpteenth time that she's an MC, she's an MC, she writes her own stuff. Well, prove it. Put up or shut up. You're from New York. You're from Queens. Queens get the money. <laughs> so please let us know that you still have that MC side in you or else don't entertain this beef at all. No social media, no subliminals, no nothing. We want rap. I don't care if you make it a club record. I don't make. I don't care if you make it into like a 24-minute and 15-second freestyle. We want to hear bars. <laughs> Not barbs. Hey, bars. I might have to instigate that. Randomly. Please do. I might have to instigate and, you know, hit, hit her on a DM or hit somebody. That, yeah. that. Yeah. But the world's so small. Like, you know, people that know people, like, yeah. I don't know, like, yo, I wouldn't, like, watch. I, I guarantee before the year's done, like, somebody of from that New York nature will be in here. Yeah. And I want to be in here, too. And I'm definitely going to ask, like, yo, what do you think of the Nikki and uh, the Nikki beef? What's yeah. good? Like, I'm asking a New Yorker. Yeah. I, watch. We'll see what they say. Exactly. <laughs> And it kind of has like a bro- uh, sorry. It kind of has like a, a Bronx versus Queens vibe to it because if any of you, if any of you guys remember, like depending on how old you are, um, it, Queens and 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 uh, and Bronx were beefing back in the eighties when it was MC Shan versus <laughs> versus uh, 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 KRS One. It was it was uh, Boogie Down Productions versus uh, uh, what was the name of the crew? Oh wow, it just left my head. Uh, MC Shan. Um, uh, chilling the juice, juice crew. Yeah, the juice, juice crew. crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Yeah, it was them. It's Brooklyn versus. It was sorry. It was Queens versus South Bronx, basically. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, a lot of bar, a lot of bars were ex, were uh, exchanged back then. You know, the bridge br- the bridge is over and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So it it kind of brings you back to that. Mind you, it's a lot bigger than that now. It's good but sport. It's, it's good a good sport, sport. and sport. that's why I want to see Nikki respond in rap fashion. I don't care how on, she is. She on tour or something like. I don't know what she what she's doing right now. I know I all I know is that she's released those two singles with uh, with uh, Gucci Mane and and oh, okay. Jason Derulo. But I don't know what she's really up to right now. But I want her to respond. Like Drake was able to do like two records towards Meek Mill in, in a matter of four days, and Meek was the one who instigated the beef in the first place. Yeah. And Remy or not Remy, but um, Nicki Minaj was the one who instigated the beef. So. Now you gotta live it to your end of the bargain. You can't just bait somebody and be like, "Oh, okay, never mind. I'm not gonna do it." Like it kind of it seems like a wrestling heel tactic, but still, this isn't wrestling. This is hip hop. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we want to hear bars. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, shoot, <sighs> shit, man. Honestly, uh, you know, Nikki's a baddie. So <laughs> the fact that she's like, you know, she can take her time in my books. Like she can take her time. She's probably doing some type of shoot. You know, she's chilling. She'll get back to it when she can. But yo. You know, I, the 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 audience wants to hear, man. You, we, you guys have a huge following. I want yeah. to hear. It. Like I deaf when I heard uh, Remy's verse. I'm like, yo, like she went in. When I probably when I heard it, like it was, I probably heard it late. But the fact that when I heard it, I'm like, yo, like what did she do? Like for you to go off of that? Yeah, like like she went in. Like she's talking <laughs> about how her implants are now deteriorating. She's talking about how Meek Mill was the one who gave her the info about that. She's talking about how like she slept with Drake and Lil Wayne to get certain features. Like she's making some bold. Accusations, man. Yo, going like if Nikki, she's she's got to respond. I'm sorry, man. You got to respond to that. You can't let people talk to you like that and let people get away with it and thinking that's truth. Like you, like why do you think Drake went at when I meek? He had to prove that he didn't have a ghostwriter for every single song that he's put out. So he had right. to let it be known. So I think Nikki has a responsibility to uphold to let Let it be known especially if she's the one who instigated it yeah yeah i mean shoot again everywhere i'm a hooper i listen to music man i love music before i hoop and stuff but yo like remy went in i mean for my book she got a nikki got about a week before i before i'm like you know defending her then if you know she don't say nothing in a week okay remy killed it like yeah remy's on her stuff but again like Who's the queen of hip hop and all that? I still can't, you know. Sales matter. Nikki did call her out on her t- uh, her sales and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Nikki Nikki's hit that that pedestal. You know, I wish I could meet her, but you know, yeah, in my lifetime. You know what? Like, I think when it comes to the to the king or the queen of hip hop, whatever, I think it has to be an even amount of sales and like critical acclaim in, in my books. So, like, I feel like Nikki has the sales, but the critical acclaim has been a little shaky because she hasn't really put out an album that's like, yo, like that's gonna be be held up in the pantheon of hip-hop. Yeah. Whereas Remy, she's kind of in that similar position. She hasn't sold, but the albums, mind you, she's been in jail, she's been in jail for like the last eight years, right? Yeah, so she hasn't a, had... She's the, a thousand, too. I, I rate her on that. She's, she, yeah. you know, she, not too many girls that go in and come out on some like, yo, this is what I, where's where I left off? All right, cool, let me continue. Like, exactly. She, she got some, like, she got some content. She has she, a lyrical ability. She yeah. just has to learn how to put it all together. So, to me, I think Nikki is only a slight step above her because of... The, because right of her, timing, right because of her position, yeah, young the right money, timing. Money, oh, this woman's that. in jail. Okay, time for me to take she, over. <laughs> she hit the lick. She hit the lick. Yeah, she hit the lick. Like you know, it's like a Cardi B right now. Cardi, she's doing her thing. Shoot, she hit her. She 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 was present at a time where like people were kind of chilling. She's like, yo, I'm gonna hit this lick. Mm-hmm. Bam, she's just doing her thing. Like she has Cardi B's Cardi B now. We all know where she came up All Star Weekend. She came mm-hmm. up like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So yo, like. Nikki definitely signed the right deal. You know, she did her thing. Mm-hmm. Yo, she's Nikki now. She, she, you know, she came, she sells out shows, man. I've seen it myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
It, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. I, I feel like I just feel like Nicki needs to respond because this is hip hop at the end of the day, man. You don't you don't respond by but by tweets or Instagram posts or emojis or snaps or anything. No, we want to hear bars, lyrics, quotables. I want to hear some stuff that's maybe gonna say, ooh. ooh. I want those. I want that. I want that ooh, that, that, that young MA stuff. You young know what MA. I mean? Shout out to young MA, man. She was in Toronto last week. She killed it. Mm-hmm. Sick feedback. She killed that joint. Most Red definitely. Life. Red life. <laughs> Most definitely. So, ladies and gentlemen, cool cats and cool kittens, what do you think? Is Remy gaining the upper hand right now? Does Nikki need to respond? Hit me up on cool or uh, at cool radio, cool underscore radio, pardon me, or DM underscore cool and let me know what your thoughts are um ladies and gentlemen it's time to get old school so with that being said it is time for the throwback thursday track of the day so let's hit that drop real quick (laughs) now some people may know some people may not know but I just want to let everyone know that we celebrated Black History Month last month, and we celebrated by playing records from some of our most timely legends ever in black music and black culture. But now, we got to give some shine to the ladies, because it is now in the month of March that we are in Women's History Month. So... On that regard, we are going to celebrate some of the most timeless hip-hop records and R&B records for some of the women who have trailblazed the path for other women to do their thing within the hip-hop and R&B market. So, with that being said, the first record I got to get to is from arguably one of the best female rappers of all time. And I'm talking about Queen Latifah. Now, for some people who don't even realize it, like, before she was in movies and hosting television shows, this woman was one of the illest rappers to come out of New Jersey and just in the rap game overall. This woman was so lethal on the mic, she was killing dudes on the mic. Like, like New Jersey will do that to you. And she made a lot of groups and a lot of people from the New Jersey area well-known, like Knotted by Nature, for example. And she did a lot of work in film as well. And she definitely paved the way for rappers who are making their way from music to film. Now, this record right here... Arguably my favorite Queen Latifah record of all time. I got to go with Unity. You and I, T-Y. We're going to get into that right now, and then we're going to get into the wanks of the week. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Indeed, indeed. Welcome back, all my cool cats and cool kittens. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool, for another edition of Cool Radio. I still got my man, Dane Smith, in the building. Yep. Yep. And with that, with that being said, it's time for the segment that you've all been waiting for. <clears throat> Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another wonderful edition of Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the, uh, Wankster of the Week goes to the most... The most dishonorable cultural appropriator of all time, possibly, Miss Rachel Dolezal. Now, if you guys remember about two years ago, Rachel Dolezal is the woman who posed up. She's a white woman, mind you, who posed up as the black woman and tried to say that she is actually black. Now, she's a member of the NWCP chapter in Arizona. She was a teacher who taught, who taught African-American studies. And basically, they found out because her parents ratted her out, basically. And then she had that embarrassing segment on television where she didn't understand the question which the reporter was asking. 
when he basically asked, are you black or are you white? Like, it's one or the other, basically. She kind of, you know, dressed herself in blackface, basically, and put on a wig and let people know, hey, guys, I'm black, I'm down, I am hip, and with it. So, the reason why we're giving her the wankster is because not only has she continued her cultural appropriationist, but she's also doubled down. She has now given herself an African name. Yes. So she went from Rachel Dolezal to get this, ladies and gentlemen. She changed her name from Rachel Dolezal to Kechi Amare Diallo. Now, in case if you guys don't know the, what the name Kechi is and like where it derives from, Kechi is actually short for Kechinyere, which is uh, from the Igbo dialect of Nigeria, basically. And it means gift of God. Now, the name Amare, I'm not sure what that is. Like, I think it kind of has like a Latin tone to it. But then the last name Diallo is also derived from the Fula tribe, which it can also stem from uh, the nations of Guinea and also Senegal. So she's got a West African vibe going on. Not only that, but her son's name has now been changed to uh, Langston Atticus. And then don't get more blacker than that. Now, mind you, I don't know if she's married to a black man and had a child with a black man. But if that's the case, then fine. I, I can give her that. Like, that gets a pass. But Rachel, oh, man, where do we start? So not only are you trying to appropriate black culture as a whole, but now you're making it personal. You're trying to appropriate Nigerian culture. Now, any, anyone that knows me knows that I'm half Ghanaian, half Nigerian. However, I kind of cling more to my Ghanaian side because I was raised more on that side of the family. But I can't let you get away with treason and disrespect my fellow Niger brothers, my fellow Niger sisters. Hey, we are here. And I'm here to remind you that you cannot be doing this anymore. You are in blackface. Okay, blackface is when you are making fun of black stereotypes and you do it in both a verbal and visual way. And in your case, it's visual because right now you're putting on the makeup to appear that you are of like a lighter skin tone. And also you're putting on the, the kinky wigs to let people know that your hair is coarse and it is nappy, basically. That is what you're trying to do. But see, Rachel, you have something called white privilege. And white privilege means that you are given the, given the benefit of the doubt in any situation because of your white skin color so for example if you decided one day that you didn't want to be pulled over by the police after you're done teaching your black history uh segments at school you can literally take off your wig uncurl your 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 long flowing blonde hair wipe the makeup off of your face and drive home without a care in the world that is what you're doing right now you are the beneficiary of, of white privilege but you are in blackface to embrace your black heritage listen i get it you're fanatic about black culture in all aspects whether it's political whether it's entertainment athletics i get that if you want to be an advocate for black people do it as a white person do it as yourself because again like i just said you have white privilege meaning that you're going to be given the benefit of the doubt and meaning that you have more influence than any other person of color on this planet your words will speak volumes which is why people like john f kennedy were so beloved by the black community which is why a guy like macklemore is accepted by the black community because not only does he use their art form to put food on his table and has a passion for it but he's using it to carry on a strong message why people respect the hell out of adele because she is using a, a historically black art form to sell records and also to perform but as well she praises the people who came before and also who are her peers you saw the speech that she 
gave at the Grammys a couple weeks ago. You saw how she said she didn't deserve that award and decided that Beyonce should have that award because she really deserves it for what she does for the black community and for her black friends. She gets it. You don't get it because you're walking around in blackface looking like female Sambo rocking the wig and dyeing your skin to match a certain color of blackness. You're doing it all wrong. You're making a mockery out of it. And the fact that you're a member of the NAACP and you're getting away with treason boggles my mind. And the fact that you're changing your name to something that has a, a Nigerian historical context to it insults me personally because of my African heritage. So I do not accept this name changing thing that you're going through right now. You are not transracial like what some people are saying because that shit is just idiotic. You don't, change, you don't change your skin color. You don't choose your skin color. That's the fact of the matter. So with that being said, you're getting this wankster. Do you deserve it? Of course you do. And I'm going to drop it on you one more time just like this. Mr. Smith, your thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, you know, anybody... Ah, that goes that far to, you know, to join, a, you know, a race, you know, I commend you. I thank you for, you know, our your support mm-hmm. in our, in our, you know, mm-hmm. that's what you believe in. But if, you know, definitely, she's definitely the Wednesday of the week, Wednesday of the week in my books. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't go that far to join another race, but, you know, it, I mean, it is what it is. She has different beliefs, but... For today's concern, uh-huh. you are definitely the wankster of the week. Most definitely. And, like, <laughs> I'd be cool with all of what she's doing if she didn't dye the skin and all that she stuff. Got and books. She got it. books. She got books. She yeah, got books. She got called out. Like, what are you doing? Just be yourself, man. Just be yourself. Like, it reminds me of that Kendrick Lamar lyric, mate. The man said, um, you you ain't got to try so hard, basically. That's what he said. It's like, you ain't got to lie to kick it. You ain't got to try so hard. That's what he said. <laughs> so the same words should go to her as well. But on that note, we have to conclude tonight's proceedings. So, Mr. Smith, I want to thank you for tuning in. And I understand you got some shout-outs to deliver. So, please, the mic is yours, my friend. Okay, I'm not going to keep it too long. I got a, a, a tiny list. Uh, March 12th, Top 5 is going to be performing a revival. Top 5, you top know. 5, top 5. Jeez, Varner Boys. Uh, special guest Iceman and Friends. You might see a couple OVO. You might see, you know, Red Life people. I'm not going to name too many names. Uh, Iceman has his release party single for Mad Henny. At uh, Story Nightclub, come out, show out, show love. You already know, Varno, you know, Jungle Man's. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for Chantel for coming to the show. I, you know, I dragged her out tonight. She didn't want to hey, come. Hey, shout out to Chantel. Just met her tonight. Yay. Yay Chantel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a few more. Kyle Johnson and Junior Kadugan for the London Lightning. Uh, they're holding it down. You guys are, you guys won 12 games in the National Basketball League of Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, my old team. I'm wearing the ring today. You know, you already know. Um, two, three more. Shout out to my University of University of Tennessee at Martin, my D1 guys. You guys made the conference tournament. You guys won the conference. Mm-hmm. You already know Sky High for Life. I did this interview dedicated to y'all. You know, March is coming. March Madness. My birthday is this month. Mm-hmm. You know, my little one. And, uh, you know, last but not least, we got a, a celebrity basketball game happening in Halifax, third week of May. Uh, it's called Bench Bullying. Uh, shout out to my guy, Eric Crookshank. This Saturday, you know, I, I wasn't supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it. He's on Shark's Den, and, you know, that's all mm. I can say. Uh, the rest of the, you know, East Coast and Toronto people will hear about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Varna Canada, you already know what it is, man. Them Varna boys. <laughs> all right, Mr. Smith, man, thank you so much for coming through. You're you're a cool fame member. You already know that you can come through anytime, most definitely. Sure. And as you guys already know, make sure you hit us up 
on a regular basis at cool underscore radio on Twitter. Also, you can catch that at the same at sign on SoundCloud. Make sure you catch all the full podcasts on SoundCloud at cool underscore radio. Our YouTube page has now hit 101 subscribers, so we want to increase that, make it go to 200 and 300 and so on and so forth. But because of that new milestone, we now have our own URL address, so it'll make it easier for you guys to send the link on to your friends and have them subscribe to it as well. So make sure you catch Cool Radio uh, on YouTube at uh, www.youtube.com slash CC. Make sure you get that. Also, the same thing on our Facebook uh, fan page as well, at CC. So once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And I just want to remind you guys that Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.